Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Let's talk about cybersecurity. Very important topic. We have uh, seen stories about hackers in North Korea. We've seen, of course, the huge solar winds fiasco in the U.S. where they were hacked. Uh, and um, uh, let's go now to uh, the Washington, D.C. area. Our good friend Don Pierce is there, consultant at Sentinel LLC, certified cyber threat forensics investigator. Don, good morning. Great to see you again. How you been? Good morning, gentlemen. Great to see you as well. I've been uh, cold, but good. Yeah, what's the, what's the weather like there in, in the east coast of the U.S. and D.C.? So uh, today it was uh, a little bit over freezing. I believe it would be around two or three when I was uh, running this afternoon. What? And um, <laughs> You were running. Nice. <laughs> I, of course I was running. I didn't want to stay out any longer. <laughs> yeah, right. Running home. <laughs> well, Don, I've heard rumors it may even drop to about 31, 32 degrees this evening with rain. So we do feel your pain yeah. here in Singapore. Oh, wrong scale, but the yeah. same Yeah, the same number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, Don. I'd much prefer the Celsius. <laughs> well, indeed, indeed. Hey, Don, let's let's talk about this. You know, we we've been we've. It seems like every couple of months there's a major hacking event that happens, whether it's a commercial one, governmental one, individuals. Uh, so, put in perspective where we are right now with with what's been going on with some of these major hacks. So um, interesting, you should mention SolarWinds. What I find fascinating about that particular hack isn't the fact that it seems to have um, uh, been effective against a number of government agencies and uh, major corporations that use the SolarWinds uh, uh, platform, but um, but that apparently they're throwing an intern under the bus for this oh, hack really? because oh. the intern apparently used SolarWinds123 as their password. Yeah, I saw that. Oh. Yeah. That's <laughs> really? Which, which, yeah, it, it was exactly my, um, my oh. comment when I read that article. But, uh, but just today, I was talking to uh, an executive from a uh, multinational in Singapore who mentioned that his IT uh, setup had uh, set up a password for him for some type of a file, um, you know, internal transfer file. And it was almost as simple as mm. you know, SolarWinds123. And he was <sighs> livid. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what am I paying you for? Uh, just um, go over if you can. You don't have to give us all the details of SolarWinds, but basically, you know, U.S. government computers were hacked. Um, the Russians are have been... Um, uh, what well, the U.S. officials have blamed U.S. Russia. officials have said the Russians were responsible. Tell tell us about that hack a little bit, if if you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, so the the uh, the the program that was uh, used this SolarWinds basically is a provider of um, uh, security services and um, <laughs> ironically in, in, in security <laughs> services as they're now being called. But yes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and and the uh, the issue here was that um, they were able to get within the SolarWinds supply chain and infect files used to um, refresh, the, to, to bring the, I believe it was the Orion software uh, up to date. The same way that like your Windows will update itself every once in a while. They were able to uh, get the malware into those updates hmm. and it went unnoticed for, for quite a while. And um, the, the, the problem here is that your supply chain in anything, whether it be goods or technology in this case, is only as secure as its weakest link. So apparently the weakest link here was, you know, SolarWinds123. 
extraordinary. <laughs> and just to put it into context, I'm reading here, Don, that you know this was not every, an everyday hack. I mean, they had the potential to steal data from multiple governments and up to one. Hundred companies, uh, Microsoft, I believe, uses this uh, SolarWinds uh, software to manage networks. So this is not an insignificant hack. I mean, mm. it's it tenterhooks reach far and wide, don't they? That's true. And um, in today's interconnected world, uh, it's a lot easier for a government organization or a large company to jump onto a bigger contract. So you you will always see the same programs in certain uh, uh, you know, computer setups just because it's, it's less expensive, it's, it's easier, uh, especially within the government, uh, where uh, if you wanted to get something that was not on a government contract, it was a lot more work to do it. So you might as well mm. just get whatever the, the General Services Administration is recommending. And this, you know, there are some that think that each uh, agency should probably have its own mm -hmm. um, it's set up uh, unique so that it would be more difficult for an intruder to get into more than one place. Because I think the, the thing that, that, that normal people like us should take away from this is you can't trust everything, mm -hmm. but you can control the stuff that you control. So while in this case, some vendor had a problem with a, with a, a, so, with a piece of software having a, a, an easy to figure out uh, password to its back door, um, you can have a hard password to try and protect your own accounts. And of course, um, if you have the option of using two-factor authentication, you should have that plugged in at all times. It will significantly reduce your risk of being that weak link in the chain. Yeah. Our, one of our uh, regular uh, viewers on Facebook Live, Mike Ang, is saying, SolarWinds CEO should be held accountable. Third-party access is a common problem. Suppliers, contractors, et cetera, reliance on old systems, uh, not updating or upgrading them. Is there any indication that, that SolarWinds will face any kind of uh, criminal uh, charges in this case, Don? I, d I doubt there would be criminal charges in this case. This was the... If indeed it was just the intern making mm. a boneheaded move like this, you can't show a, a knowing and willful violation of law. In fact, the the law that was broken was when somebody, you know, gained that access illicitly right. uh, without the permission of the uh, holder. That's actually a federal crime in the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, this is an ongoing problem. Also, in the same week, I'm reading that the U.S. charged three of those North Korean hackers hmm. for their alleged roles in a broad scheme that included attempts to steal more than $1.3 billion. Now, Singaporeans yes. will remember this because it's the one that was connected to Sony Pictures. I remember mm -hmm. that one where they released, because there was that film, wasn't there, that comedy film with uh, Seth Rogen, which was about North Korea. And there's a yes. rumors that it's connected to that hack because they were so upset so that they <laughs> hacked into Sony Pictures and released all those internal memos about actors' yep. salaries and, and this and that. Yep. So that's gone to uh, trial this week, I believe. I mean, a couple of things, Don. Why is it taking so long to bring this to trial? I mean, is it that kind of investigation takes that much prep? I'm just curious. Uh, yes, a good investigation will take a long time. And in this case, um, the, the level of information you would need to gather to, to basically get enough to charge individuals in a court of law in the United States where you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that someone knowingly and willfully violated the law can take that long. 
add to that the uh, the difficulty of extraditing uh, uh, targets from overseas. That is a, a lengthy process. Um, those of you who might be following the Huawei case know that uh, um, the uh, the Huawei CFO is still in Vancouver uh, awaiting extradition to the United States. The decision has not been made by the by the Canadian government as to whether or not she's going to go, and that's. Uh, um, that's going on, I believe, a year and change now. So we have um, the, the, these cases do take a long time to put together and get into a courtroom. And in fact, once you've charged someone, you know, the clocks kind of stop ticking, uh, except for the fact that the, the lawyers are still billing by the hour. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, what <clears throat> fascinates me with this one, Don, is it, according to the U.S. Justice Department, this Sony hack really was launched purely and spitefully in retaliation to the movie The Interview, I was right, starring James Franco and Seth Rogen because the travel, the plot was about these two guys going to North Korea to assassinate Kim Jong-un. That was the plot of this daft comedy. Because of that alone, they launched this unbelievable mm. hack that targeted Sony, AMC theatres, financial institutions, cryptocurrency companies, online casinos, defence contracts, energy utilities, and even prominent original individuals from around the world, all as a spiteful way of getting back at one comedy. So my question is, Don, bearing that all that in mind, is it really that easy, and I put easy in inverted commas, that if you have the wherewithal, if you have the means and the financial resources, you can hack into anything? Okay, so... Pretty Good much, question. Good a, question. Deter <laughs> a determined hacker will find a way in. Um, you know, hardening the targets makes it obviously harder. Mm -hmm. But uh, a deter but if someone is determined to get into a particular system, they will probably find a way. How successful will they be at exploiting that entry? That depends on how good the cybersecurity is at the place that they're hacking. Um, are they doing active scans? Are they looking for exfiltration on a regular basis? Do they, do they regularly check logs? Do they look for things that might be missing, such as when you break into a computer system, you probably want to um, erase your tracks if you're mm. planning on sticking around for a while, what they mm -hmm. call an advanced persistent threat, meaning that they're in the system and they burrow in and they slowly but surely give themselves the ability to move about in that system and increase their user uh, uh, privileges to the point where they can start doing real damage and doing um, yeah. real real crime. Um, the 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 difficulty here for the cybersecurity professional side of this is you have to spot that. And mm. I don't know if you've ever looked at the log file of your personal computer, but uh, I dare you to go in there and try to figure out what happened 15 minutes ago <laughs> by looking at those files. Mm. Um, you know, uh, the, and yes, while I do believe that specifically the Sony part of this hack was, was you know, aimed at exacting some type of revenge, you have to look at the list of the people that they hacked in revenge with a, with a grain of salt there. Um, the, the, you know, hacking the banks um, is a trick that they're using not to, you know, to, to protect the honor of the great leader, but to try to finance the WMD mm. programs that they're mm. running. It's really expensive to build those bombs. Hey, Don, and, let's, um, if we can, uh, you know, because our time is limited, a little bit limited, but can, can we move into 
what what this means for us, for us normal people here. How can we protect ourselves? I mean, obviously, passwords is one thing. You know, just two weeks ago, a close friend of mine here in Singapore had her WhatsApp hacked. She didn't have two-factor security on it. And someone now is running her WhatsApp account. Yeah. And she can't get it back. And the WhatsApp help is is stupidly non-existent. She has tried every which way to get any kind of assistance from what WhatsApp to get her her phone number back yep. on her WhatsApp account, mm-hmm. and she cannot do it. It is impossible. I, I just give you that as one example. And just to add to your example, hmm. I've had three three phone calls this week, Don. One purporting to be from my credit card company, telling me there's a uh, I need to call back emergency and give my credit card details. <laughs> one was about my tax. So they're getting quite ingenious in Singapore. And the third one, I don't know because it was in Mandarin. It was a recorded message in Mandarin. So that's three phone calls, three hacked phone calls, three scams, three whatever you want to call it in a single week. It's getting very serious. It's serious. So, Don, over to you. What, we all know the threats are out there. What can we all do to do the best we can to protect ourselves, either as individuals or as company you know, business leaders? So um, as individuals, let's start with those um, kind of unwanted phone calls and friend requests and things coming in off of the Internet, because our friends in North Korea um, were doing things like setting up fake LinkedIn accounts and trying to link to people yep. in the cybersecurity business to try to c- continue to, um, wow. to, to exploit uh, these systems. Now, that's an old, it's one of the oldest tricks in the book. It's not just North Korea doing this. It's intelligence mm. agencies you know, all over the world. It's, it's cyber criminal agencies all over the world pretending to be legitimate businessmen and trying to get information that they can use to then you know, drain your bank accounts. Yep. Um, you know, in fact, uh, uh, just, just today, um, a, a mutual friend of ours, Glenn, um, mm. uh, Kirk Wagger uh-huh. uh, was complaining on his uh, social media that he had gotten 30 requests from people that he didn't know in a day. And wow. was that weird? Wow. And uh, yeah, uh, wow. yes, that's not only is that weird. That's ambassador in Singapore, right? Yes, the former ambassador yes. in Singapore and now in, back in the U.S. Mm. Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? And, and as, a, well, as a high profile person, um, mm. you know, probably not as weird as if you know, I were to get that. Um, oh, you're but, selling yourself short, Doug. Sig- selling yourself short. <laughs> but significantly, <laughs> but significantly more than 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 his usual. So if you know your baseline, if you know you're not getting a, rec- a friend request every day, mm. you weren't at a, a conference yesterday, and then suddenly your LinkedIn is full of of, of connect requests. Um, that's that could be a warning sign. You know, one of the easiest ways to develop the information that you would need to guess that bad password of yours, you know, your your dog's name plus your year of birth, um, you know, would be to get into your Facebook where you have 400 pictures of your dog labeled with his name. Mm. So these are the things that you have to look out for. Um, it's these are simple changes that you can make in your what's sometimes referred to as digital hygiene. Use really tough passwords that are really hard to remember and don't write them down. Mm. What you can do though, to make it easier. One of the things that I do is I use a password service. Um, it's, I load the app onto my phones. It's on my computer. I don't have to remember anything other than the master password for that. So if you only have to remember one really complex password, your life is a lot easier than trying to remember the, you know, when I was with the government, I had to remember 16 different 
you know, strong passwords and you couldn't repeat anything. And hey, it, it, the, the, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Don, though, I have, I have a question about those sort of password lockers, though, because I've heard that, you know, they can be hacked yeah. as well. And once yes. they're hacked, then then they've got everything. Right. So, uh, you know, so, I've been told various things on whether or not to use one of those. So, yes, that is that is a danger. And it means that you should probably do a little bit of research and pick a really good one. Don't go with a free one, mm. <laughs> please. If you, if you get what you pay for. Mm. Um, and in addition, uh, again, two factor authentication is essential. Your friend would not be having this problem with, um, with WhatsApp if, if he or she had been using the two factor authentication because 75 to 80% of the time, if it's just an, your average hacker, they're going to give up if it's difficult. Yeah. Oh, if somebody at, yeah. really, if somebody say, really wants you, mm. yes. Oh no, I was just going to say, if somebody really wants you, yeah, they'll try. But most of these, most of the incidents that the average person like us is going to encounter are going to be targets of opportunity from people who were able to get your, you know, say your username and mm. an old password in some type of a data dump. Yeah, I just signed up for one of those uh, free passport lockers in North Korea. Do you think? Do you think? That, <laughs> oh, do you think that's a good idea, Don? <laughs> I um, my password is Neil Humphreys one two three. Wanna, you might want, yeah, you might want to give me a call later. I can probably help you out a little. Bit. <laughs> hey, Don, we're gonna have to leave it there. But uh, thank you again, as always, uh, so much for that. Um, uh, kind of updating us on what's going on in the global hacking scene, but also more importantly, look. You know, passwords, passwords, passwords. Yeah. And I'm saying this yes. to myself because I've got a million yeah. passwords that need to be changed right now. And, and I do change some of them, but we all, you know, we all need. Uh, Pimpin Cha is saying, uh, last word from her, we have loads of long 17-character passwords at work. Uh, put it in a notepad and copy and paste. Uh, so, uh, yeah, m maybe do it someplace in a in a hard fashion, right? Like yeah. piece of paper yeah, at I home, would, right? Not online. I would definitely. I would definitely not want to keep that on my computer unless it was too encrypted and encrypted with a 17-letter password. Well, Don has generally made me slightly fearful because I, and I shouldn't even say this out loud, but I, I send emails to myself about my passwords that are encrypted to me, if that oh, makes sense. Oh, nice. Well, I don't know if it's a good idea. So I'll, I'll send an email to myself. <laughs> so for my Apple password, I'll say Apple, and then it will be a clue in my email. So I only I would know that clue. Is that a good idea, okay. Don, or not? That's a fantastic idea. Use clues. What you don't, ate for breakfast but, yesterday. But whatever, right? whatever you do, don't make them too easy to guess and yeah. don't write them in that email. Because even though that email is encrypted end-to-end, if it's sitting on your computer when they figure out how to get in, yeah. they're all compromised. That's the bit that scares me. I think I'll delete all of those emails and write it in a book somewhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah. in a safe hey Don thanks something else to worry about today appreciate that <laughs> didn't have enough anytime I'm, I'm always here to help <laughs> I, I'm getting a lot of messages from North Korea Don <laughs> as we're sitting here I, yeah. should I be worried <laughs> yeah uh, Don thank you for your time uh, as always look forward to seeing you again soon please stay warm and, and dry and everything else uh, in your east My coast winter thank you so much thank you for having me <laughs> thanks Don to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store